More than 20% of people in faith communities are survivors of childhood sexual abuse. But sadly, churches are often the last place a victim of abuse can find help and healing. I'm Kelly Downing, and my dream is a church where survivors like me and so many others can feel safe, be heard, and find healing. Until that happens, this is Survivor Sanctuary, a podcast for survivors of sexual abuse who are navigating the road to healing and for anyone who wants to be a part of the major heart renovation the church needs so that our faith communities can truly become sanctuaries for survivors. Welcome to episode 101 of Survivor Sanctuary. I'm Kelly, your host, and I want to thank you, as always, for tuning into the podcast, giving me a little bit of your time today. I appreciate it, as always. And hey, last week on the podcast, I announced that we have launched a Survivor Sanctuary Patreon, and you can become a patron of the podcast and give monthly to support the mission of Survivor Sanctuary. And at the same time, you get some pretty cool rewards for being a supporter. If you give $5 a month, you get a public shout out on Survivor Sanctuary's website. If you've become a patron, head on over, click on sponsors, and you will see your name in lights. Okay, it's not actually in lights, just your name, but it's there thanking you for your support of Survivor Sanctuary. You also get advanced knowledge of all Survivor Sanctuary news and content, early access to the podcast. As a super fan, it goes up from there, everything I just mentioned, plus you get an exclusive podcast each and every month. And then VIPs get all of that, plus a virtual group meetup via Zoom each month, kind of a Q&A slash support group. And uh, that's for $15 a month. If you give 25 bucks a month, you're considered a warrior patron and you get everything I just mentioned, plus access to coaching content as well. All things healing from sexual abuse and pretty excited about some of that content. So become a patron today. Visit patreon.com slash survivor sanctuary. That's how you find us and that's how you become a patron today. We'd also love for you to join us on the Survivor Sanctuary Facebook group. You can join, just search Survivor Sanctuary podcast on Facebook, request to join, answer a multiple choice question, and you can join the group there. It's a great place to be able to ask questions, to be able to just post how you're feeling, to be able to respond to episodes and different things like that. Plus, I know this is a lot of technology, but you can also check out SurvivorSanctuary.com. I did mention that our supporters are now featured on the website. You simply have to click sponsors and you can see a list of the folks who are supporting each month uh, via Patreon. You can also review the podcast via SurvivorSanctuary.com. When you click on reviews, you can look at all the reviews that people have left thus far, and you can leave a review yourself. And when I particularly love a review, it gets featured on the homepage at SurvivorSanctuary.com. And right now, got a really great review. If you scroll down, you can see from Rachel F., who is also a patron of the podcast now, her review is featured because it's pretty amazing, and I want to thank Rachel for her review of the podcast and for being a patron. Pretty awesome. And you can leave a review and get your review featured there as well. So lots of stuff in the world of technology, but I think it's super important to have places where we can connect and chat with one another. You can leave comments and send me messages via SurvivorSanctuary.com 
as well. You have access to all of our episodes there where you can listen and be sure to check it out at some point. Okay, so we are diving into episode 101 of the podcast. You know, sometimes things happen in my life that just kind of create these podcast episodes for me. And so this is actually one of those instances. I will say like we're all mature adults here. I'm not sure that everybody wants to hear about Kelly's mammogram results, but you know, I keep it real here on the podcast. And this is something that I've been going through actually since January of this year involving my health. And as I was kind of just laying in the doctor's office, I was reminded once again of kind of the correlation between our physical health and the amount of trauma that we've experienced in our lives. And this kind of just came to me and I was thinking about it all week long because this actually happened last week. And yeah, we are talking today about dissecting the past here on episode 101 of the Survivor Sanctuary podcast. And yes, I will be discussing my mammogram. So I hope that's okay with everybody. We do have have a the vast majority, I will say, of Survivor Sanctuary listeners are women. We do have some incredible guys listening to you, but hey, again, we're all adults. It's all just this is life. And you know, I like to be real and I like to keep it real here on the podcast. And so that's what we're going to be doing today. So I mentioned I've been dealing with this since January of this year. So someone's like, hey, Kelly, you've reached that magical age where you're supposed to be going and getting checked out at least once a year. It's very important. And of course, I put it off for a while after I was supposed to start. And finally, in January, I couldn't put it off any longer, had some doctors harassing me. And so I'm like, fine, I will go for this extremely uncomfortable mammogram that nobody ever wants to do because it's just, yeah, it's super awkward and not super pleasant and doesn't feel great. But hey, you do what you got to do. And that's just life. So I ended up having some abnormal results in the mammogram. So they're like, hey, if you thought a mammogram was joyful, do you know what's even more fun? A bilateral breast ultrasound. Like, let's just get as awkward as we possibly can. So I went in for one of those, still some abnormal results. And they're like, hey, you know, this is probably okay. Like you love to see that probably benign on your radiology report. And so the radiologist report did say probably benign. So yay, probably. But you know, you don't like, you don't love the word probably when it comes to your health. Like you're probably all right. So they said in six months, you want to follow up. Eight months later, because Kelly procrastinates, as we know, I did follow up and had another ultrasound. And this time they were like, yeah, we're seeing stuff there we don't really like. It's probably okay. Again, the word probably. But we think that you should go see a specialist. So over the last several weeks or the last month, I should say, I've been spending some time at the Miami Cancer Institute where all the specialists uh, in this field are located. I wouldn't say all of them, but a lot of them and the ones my insurance cover. And I know it sounds scary, but I'm probably fine. And this is totally not the point. (laughs) My health is not the point of this podcast. It's just the process that I've gone through that has reminded me so much of what we tend to do with the trauma that we've experienced in our lives and how it begins to show up in other areas. In any case, so I've had to go and and have a consultation with a doctor at the Miami Cancer Institute who looked over my films and radiology and all that and was like, you know, we really need to check this out. A couple of things have concerned me, blah, 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 blah. And so, you know, we definitely need to look at this. Now, listen, I'm one of those people 
and I did this with sexual abuse in my life too, but I do it with my health also where I tend to be kind of like, I'm probably fine. Like nothing's wrong with me, you know? And in this case, I was super irritated because I'm trying to do other things with my life right now. And all of these appointments are really getting in the way. And it's actually delayed some stuff that I would rather be focused on than this. So yeah, in my mind, I was hoping when I went to the Cancer Institute that they'd be like, listen, Kelly, you know, it's probably fine and we're not seeing anything of concern. So just, you know, we come back in six months. That would have made me overjoyed. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not what they did. And, you know, so part of me was super irritated. I'm like, come on, people like, there's no breast cancer in my family, at least not in young people. Like there is some breast cancer now in my family, but in, in an older person and over a certain age, your odds of getting something like breast cancer just go up. They just do. That's life. And so, but because no one in my family, there's no history of young people getting breast cancer. I'm like, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me. And I was super annoyed that this doctor wanted me to keep having all these tests and needed to force me to, I mean, not technically force me, but basically tell me I needed to do this. This is super professional, but I don't know if you can hear my dogs fighting in the background, but that like heavy breathing is my two dogs murdering each other about three feet away from me. So sorry about that. If you can hear it in the background, I'll try to get rid of some of that noise, but I've given up on trying to get these little creatures under control because when I need peace and quiet is when they want to kill each other and tear each other's faces off. So that's what they're doing right now. So joy to the world. In any case, so I meet with a specialist and she's like, yeah, so here's the sitch. We're going to need you to do another ultrasound, but have our special radiologist look at it because they're so much better at looking at things than those cheapo radiologists that you went to before. Fantastic. So had to make another appointment last week, had to go once again and have the super fun bilateral ultrasound. And as an aside, and I'm just going to throw this in here because I really didn't tell very many people this. I really wanted to post this experience on social media because it was funny. This has nothing to do with the things that I normally podcast about, but I just feel like we're among friends here, circle of trust, and I need to share this with someone. So the woman who was doing the bilateral ultrasound, just super nice, super professional, just a great lady and made me feel very comfortable. And it's like, it is what it is. You just got to do what you got to do. It's one of those things you don't have a choice. It's like, all right, here, ultrasound me. <laughs> like, it's fine. So she's like, okay, so I've taken some pictures of these spots that are of concern. And she's like, I just really need to go talk to the radiologist. And she's like, I'll be back in a minute. So I'm, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to lay here, close this robe really quickly and wait for you to return. And I'm thinking, you know, she's going to come back after discussing these images and I'll get to go home. Yay. Instead, she walks back in the door and starts, says, oh, I need to look at something else. And I'm like, all right, there's a knock on the door and the radiologist comes in the room. And as I mentioned, we are all super mature adults, but I have to say, if someone is going to work in the field of breast health, they should have to be a very old, unattractive woman or a very old, unattractive man. <laughs> like there should not be anyone even remotely attractive working in this field. Can I just say that? But what happened to me was that the most gorgeous, like hotter than a TV doctor hot radiologist waltzes into the room and strikes up a conversation with me while I'm having this ultrasound done. If I mentioned that it was uncomfortable before, 
when the most gorgeous thing I've ever looked at in my whole life is standing there having a conversation with me about what's going on in my ultrasound, it was the most awkward thing that's ever happened to the point. I had a mask on because they make everybody wear masks. And so thank goodness. No, see, I was laughing so hard because of how awkward and uncomfortable it was. In any case, that was just an aside. A little extra something. I've been holding that in for the last week and needed to share it somewhere. So why not on a podcast where people are here to talk about something completely unrelated to this? In any case, the radiologist asked me, have you had any surgeries to your chest ever in your life? And I said, no. He's like, have you ever been in a car accident? And I said, yep, sure have. He said, okay, because you have some cysts that are typically seen after trauma to the chest. And he's like, so, you know, sometimes they can cause you pain and sometimes they can cause this issue or that issue, but they're showing up. And he's like, you've got quite a few of them. And he said, it's not very common to see these unless you've had trauma and because of the type of cyst that it was. And I was like, yep, back in 2018, the early part of 2018, which was, you know, obviously almost five years ago now, I was in a car accident. It was pretty traumatic, broke three ribs, definitely was bruised all over my entire body, chest included from the seatbelt and from the airbag deploying and from that whole experience. Like I thought it was so crazy though, that I still can see some effects of the car accident. And I won't say I can't see them with the naked eye, but I had my knee, which I've mentioned on the podcast before. I've used it as an example of kind of how trauma lives in our bodies and our body remembers. I had my knee up between the steering wheel and the door, just kind of propped up on the little ledge there by the door as I was driving. And when the side airbags deployed at between 150 and 200 miles an hour, they shoved the side of my knee into the steering wheel. I mean, I say shoved, but they smashed. And I couldn't feel my knee for several weeks. <laughs> like I couldn't feel it at all. Everyone was like, oh, that must hurt. And I looked down and I see like this grapefruit sized bump on the side of my knee. And I'm like, huh, no, it doesn't hurt at all. Can't, can't even feel it. And so come like almost five years later, if I feel that area with my hand, I can feel scar tissue there from that car accident. There was a bruise on my leg for almost three years. And in fact, I still don't think the color is completely back to normal yet. But it was another eye-opening thing when the doctor, the radiologist said this to me that we can see in this ultrasound looking in there that you've had trauma in your past. These cysts or, or the scar tissue or whatever it happens to be are causing you issues right now in your present life. And they're surefire signs that you had trauma to your chest at some point. And he went on to tell me that some suspicious areas that they were worried about, he said, they're probably fine. Again, he's like, I don't want you to worry. This is probably fine. But we need to biopsy these areas just to make sure that everything's okay, to see what these masses are made out of and all that good stuff. So yeah, fun times for Kelly. But it just kind of reminded me, uh, first of all, of my tendency to try and pretend everything's fine. And if I just want everything to be fine and hope that everything will be fine, then it will be fine. And somebody posted something on Facebook recently that I had to take a screenshot of because it is just so completely true. And it said that you can't talk yourself out of trauma. 
But isn't that something that so many of us try to do? And I say us, but at the same time that survivors of sexual abuse are trying to kind of talk themselves out of the trauma. Well, it could have been worse. Well, uh, a worse person could have done this to me or more could have been done to me or this could have happened or that could have happened or other people are worse off because they've been more sexually abused than I've been like pretty much the gamut of these excuses. And we try to talk ourselves out of our trauma. But more than just us trying to talk ourselves out of our trauma, I think that so often people in spiritual communities try to talk us out of our trauma as well. As though if you just think enough positive thoughts, then this trauma will just disappear. Your body won't remember it. Your brain won't remember it. It will just go away if you simply think positively and say the right things, I guess, to try to talk yourself out of trauma. But I was so struck in this ultrasound when this super hot radiologist who should not be a breast radiologist, FYI, um, said to me, have you ever been in a car accident? He knew. And he knew because the evidence of that trauma was still in my physical body. And I'll say this, not only is the evidence of that car accident and the trauma of that car accident still in my physical body, it is in my mind as well. I still have these intense reactions when I'm driving and a car is coming at me from the right, coming up to a stop sign, because I was T-boned by somebody who just totally ran a stop sign. And so when somebody's coming from the right, my whole body tenses up. I just have this visceral reaction to it and my heart rate increases and I'm not thinking about it. It's not something that I'm consciously thinking about. Oh, I was in a car accident. And so now when I see a car, I need to be scared. It just happens automatically and it happens in my body, something that's completely beyond my control. Now, of course, when it does happen and I kind of tense up and, and that trigger happens and my heart rate goes, I, I can immediately say to myself, oh, okay, I'm just, that that's just my body having that reaction because, you know, once when a car was coming at me from the right, it didn't stop and it T-boned me and the results were pretty terrible. Uh, it was a bad car accident and I consider myself pretty lucky to be alive. So the evidence that this thing happened to me is not only still in my brain, it's obviously in my mind because when I'm driving, I still experience this. I'll still have flashbacks. I can still remember like this, the sound of the crunching metal and the sound of the trauma like, I, I don't know how to explain that really. It's something that's more like just something that you feel if you've been in a car accident, you probably know what I'm talking about if you've had flashbacks to that. So, you know, those are things that are going on with my brain, but it's insane to me that all these years later, it was early 2018, you know, we're coming up on 2023. So almost five years ago, and my body is still bearing the scars. I still have trouble sitting on hard surfaces for long periods of time, uh, because I actually fractured my sacrum, which is right in your tailbone area. And so after that, even like a year later, I was going to this gym, where they always wanted us to do V-ups, where you like sit on your tailbone essentially and lift your body into a V, which I'm sure is a fantastic exercise. And the trainer was probably like, yeah, you just don't want to do this exercise. But I literally could not sit on my tailbone for any reason for years. And I'm still kind of scared to do it because the pain is still there sometimes. So it's interesting how that stuff stays in your body. It stays in your brain. And I don't think that we'd ever tell somebody 
who was dealing with a physical problem. You should just ignore that or just think positive. You know, don't think the worst, Kelly, just like with with what this radiologist is telling me. Hey, you're probably okay. We just really need to make sure that these masses that we've seen on this ultrasound and this is these are not the same as the cysts that he was telling me are commonplace after trauma. These are separate. And he's like, you know, just to be safe and on the safe side, just to make sure like this is low to intermediate suspicion. It's not the end of the world, but we need to check just to make sure, get it out, dissect it, see what's in there, see why it's causing me problems, see what, what it's made out of and all that good stuff, put it under a microscope and get it figured out so you can know what's going on in your own body. And then you'll have a treatment plan or you'll just move forward knowing that, okay, this is just a little something that I have to be conscious of when I have a scan in the future. And I feel like if I asked anyone, hey, what do you think I should do? You know, the doctor saw this on an ultrasound or the doctor saw this on the radiology report and they think that I should have this biopsied. I don't think anybody would say to me, unless they were just super weird or like a faith healer or something who thought that, you know, like the kind of people who, who is it that, is it Christian science where you're not allowed to go to the doctor, go to the hospital for anything? I'm not sure. But unless it's somebody like that, I think that every single person is going to say, hey, you know, you've got something going on inside you. It's causing some symptoms and you need to figure out what it is. So go get this biopsy done. Like let the doctors take this out, check it out under a microscope, see what the cells are made of, make sure that it's nothing horrible that could basically come back and kill you or ruin the rest of your life or cause you to be extremely, extremely sick. You need to get this figured out. I think that, that pretty much every person would say that. But when it comes to things like trauma, and dissecting the past instead of dissecting like a physical part of our body, like a tumor or a cyst or a mass, I think that we tend to give people the opposite advice. Instead of saying, hey, you're having these symptoms that are affecting your life and you're obviously in pain, you obviously have something going on and you should really you know, figure out what it is, check it out, you know, look into your past and find what it is that started this, put it under a microscope, figure out what it is so that you can know how to fix it so that you can get into therapy so that you can begin to heal so that you can understand why you are the way that you are. That's what I think is so interesting about for instance, things that are going on in my body that could be from a car accident almost five years ago, it's kind of nice to be able to say, oh, okay, that's why I have pain here. Or that's why these lumps are weirdly in my knee in a place that you don't normally have lumps. Or that's why I struggle in this area, like being able to sit on my tailbone for multiple hours at a time. It's like now that we know that this scar tissue is there, here's what we can do to fix it. Or here's what you can do in the future so that if you have a scan, everybody doesn't have to freak out and be like, oh, this needs to be biopsied. And so does this. And so does this, you know, you would never tell someone to ignore physical pain or to ignore a suspicious mass in their body. But we're very quick to tell people to ignore or move on from emotional pain or symptoms of trauma. 
And I'm here to tell you, for the people who don't like dissecting their past trauma, who don't like looking into the past and kind of digging it up, it's a little bit easier to bury it, right? Or it's it's maybe not easier. I, I think that that's the wrong. It seems easier in the moment, but what you're doing is you're creating a bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger problem. And you're burying it, but the roots are growing deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And just because you don't allow them to pop up out of the ground doesn't mean that they're still growing and kind of wrapping those tentacles around you and your entire life. And we let those things fester and it's terrible for us. But it does seem easier in the moment. Like I've heard people say this, do I have to, like, I need to go to a therapist, but are they going to make me talk about it? And I've had people and 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 bless your heart if this is where you're at. And I don't mean that in like a southern sense of bless your heart. I'm I'm being serious. Like blessings to you if that's where you're at. And it's terrifying for you to think, I'm gonna have to think about what happened to me. Am I gonna have to talk about what happened to me? Because people will literally say that I don't want to talk about it. Like I need to go see a therapist because I'm having all these problems. But if they're gonna make me talk about what happened to me, I can't do it. And so I get it and I feel your pain. But I wanna tell you something that's super important to remember. A biopsy is much less invasive than an autopsy. A biopsy is much less painful than an autopsy. Technically, when you have an autopsy, you're dead, yes. But overall, the pain of that is going to be far more intense than just getting the biopsy over with and dissecting what it is that's going on inside you, figuring it out so that you can begin to heal from it, so that you can get the proper medication, so that you can get the proper care, so that you can do the right things to be able to have a healthy and whole and thriving and prosperous life. I understand that drawback of like, I don't want to know. I'm one of those people, "Eh, I'd rather not know. Like, I I like having information, but when it comes to my health, I tend to think the best or hope for the best and just kind of ignore, ignore problems until they're literally falling off of my body. Like, that's kind of where I am health-wise. Ignore it. Maybe it'll go away. I have this weird lump or this weird limp or this strange pain and When it gets really bad, yes, I will go and seek emergency care if I need to or go and finally seek care. But overall, I'm just like, maybe if I ignore this, it'll go away. But the problem with that, when you're talking about past trauma especially, is that you can ignore the pain and you might be able to ignore it to the point where you don't feel like you're dealing with it. But what you're actually doing is causing that pain to grow and you're causing that pain to wreak havoc inside your body. Like the insane things that trauma can do to the human body, it's crazy to me. And I've talked about it before on the podcast. I've talked about the ACEs study, the Adverse Childhood Experiences study that, that says that people who have gone through childhood trauma, especially the trauma of sexual abuse, that's one of the top ones, those people are more likely to have cancer. Those people are more likely to have stomach issues. Those people are more likely to have autoimmune disorders. Those people are more likely to have heart attacks or strokes and more likely to have lung cancer and more likely to have obviously mental health issues and more likely to commit suicide and more like the list goes on and on and on of the things that you're more likely to experience in your physical body when you have gone through sexual abuse. So when it's tempting to just let it be, and it's tempting to listen to the voices that are telling you, hey, you just need to be positive. Don't dwell in the past. Don't don't think about this thing from the past because that's a negative experience and you don't want to think about negative experiences because that just brings negativity into your life. 
I got to say, stop the next person that says that to you and let them know the opposite is true. You're actually going to bring a lot of positivity to your life when you finally acknowledge the pain that you've gone through, when you finally acknowledge the trauma that you've experienced, when you're finally not trying to bottle it up and smash it down as far as you can and keep it locked up in that dark cellar. When you finally are willing to open that up and go through that biopsy that you really need, you are going to find that it is going to bring so much positivity to your life, so much healing to your life, and so much joy to your life. I know because I've done this and many, many survivors of sexual abuse have done this. Like if we just pretend it's not there, then it'll go away. And then you have well-meaning people in the church telling you the same thing. If you just think positively and just believe that you have victory in Christ, then everything is going to be fine. When I, I feel like the Lord is probably looking down and saying, come on, people, like, you know, you're allowed to go to therapy. Like I, I created people who have really great brains, who have created ways to help you get through trauma. Why are we discouraging people from this? Like it doesn't make any sense. But instead of listening to those voices, and sometimes, yes, that voice is ours. I think that when we really just acknowledge like, hey, this is here. It's a problem. And I need to figure out exactly what it is and the damage it's causing in my life. You know, when I said a few minutes ago, like that it was so interesting to know like, oh, that's why this is happening in my body. That's why this is a problem. It's the same thing with trauma. You may have behaviors in your life, behaviors in your relationships, thought patterns that don't make any sense to you or that you've never really thought about the fact that they're completely dysfunctional. And then when you begin to dissect the things that have happened to you and you begin to acknowledge your abuse and say, hey, this happened and, and this this is what it was like and this is how it felt and this is what it was and naming it for what it is then it suddenly starts to make sense. Okay, this is what it's been doing in my body. And the reason that maybe I struggle in this area is because I've never dealt with this. And the reason that maybe I struggle in this area is because I've never dealt with this. You know, I was not living like a normal person, a, a normal 30-something. At, at my age, I was not, I don't think, functioning at the level that other people my age were functioning at. And I didn't even realize it until it got to be, so much of a problem in my life and the feelings were so intense that I couldn't fight them anymore that I finally just surrendered and was like, okay, something's the matter. And when I started to acknowledge, okay, abuse happened to me and I'd wanted to say my whole life that it hadn't affected me, that God had saved me because it could have been so much worse. And, and it was just easier and more empowering, I thought, to believe that. But what was happening was I had all these dysfunctions in my life emotionally and physically and spiritually and every kind of dysfunction you can imagine. I had all of it and I never understood that that was where it was coming from. And once I had acknowledged that, I could be like, okay, I see now why I struggle in this area or why maybe I've struggled in this area because I've been trying to pretend for the last 30 some years that this trauma never happened to me or that it wasn't that bad and that I shouldn't have any effects from it. Something that you've probably learned, like I did after my car accident, after going through a certain amount of physical trauma is scar tissue causes pain. It causes problems in your body. You may have a limp 
that you didn't have before. Oh my goodness, after my car accident, I limped so much and for so long. And my knee still, if I try to sit like cross-legged or anything like that, my knee will hurt really bad after a while. So the scar tissue that's there is still affecting me because scar tissue causes pain. Old broken bones cause pain. Do you ever hear people saying like, well, I know it's going to rain because every time my leg gets to hurting, that means rain's coming. And it's like an old, you know, World War II injury or something that they have. And it's like how they tell what's happening with the weather because your body is affected by trauma. It's affected by physical trauma and it's affected by emotional trauma. So while this is not telling you that you should go and live in the past and sit and wallow in despair every second, the people who think you should never talk about trauma actually believe that what I'm saying to you right now is basically telling you to do just that. And that's that's not what I'm saying. No one is telling you to live in the past or be a slave to your past or to turn around and face the past and never think of anything else. That's not what anybody's saying. What we're saying is that a biopsy is much less invasive than an autopsy. Because if you ignore the pain and the discomfort and the scar tissue and those old broken bones that didn't heal correctly, you are going to continue to deal with these problems. You're going to get sicker and sicker and sicker because ignoring trauma has never made anybody heal. It hasn't. And our goal is always to move forward in our life, to be able to thrive And to acknowledge, yes, that abuse happened to us, but to not let that abuse control the rest of our lives, to take back our power, to take back that control that says, hey, I get to decide my future regardless of what you did to me in my past. But the only way to get to that healthy place where you're thriving, that healthy place where the past isn't controlling you anymore, the only way to get there is to dig it up. You expend way more energy trying to keep things buried. You expend way more energy trying to pretend that something never happened to you. You expend way more energy trying to talk yourself out of trauma than you ever will expend trying to deal with that trauma. And it's so freeing and so healing to just name it for what it is and to acknowledge what has happened to you and the pain it has caused It's so much easier to do that than it is to live in that perpetual state of denial where you think you can just positive talk your way out of trauma. You cannot positive talk your way out of trauma. I think that as positive as we can be is super important. I think it's good for our health to be positive people. But do not mistake positivity as some people would have you mistake it for. Don't mistake positivity for healing because they're not one in the same. You can say positive things all day long. The abuse I experienced didn't affect me. Like you can say that till you're blue in the face. You can't talk yourself out of trauma. Your body knows better. It's smarter than you are. I guess that that's kind of an oxymoron. I'm not sure our bodies can be smarter than we are, but they are. Like your body knows what happened. Your brain knows what happened. It's locked in there. And when you let it out and you acknowledge it openly, you begin to heal. You begin to be able to cultivate the kind of positivity in your life and the kind of, you know, looking forward to the future that everybody's always talking about, you know, like, oh, you shouldn't dwell on the past. Just look forward toward the future and just ignore it. But they're wrong. Yes, you want to be able to look forward to the future with hope. You want to be able to look forward to the future with joy and with peace. You want to be able to look forward to the future as something that 
no one from the past can control. But that doesn't come about by ignoring the fact that it happened in the first place. And that's what just kind of came to me as I've been going through all of these stupid (laughs) visits to the doctor and various ultrasounds and getting annoyed with doctors for not just being like, yeah, you're probably fine. Just come back and see us again next year. Not the way to deal with your health. And it's also not the way to deal with the trauma of sexual abuse. And we need to get very used to it and normalize acknowledging trauma, normalize acknowledging that pain in your body, acknowledging the pain in your mind, acknowledging that you have scars and being able to kind of unpack those, biopsy them, if you will, so that you can avoid the far more painful and far more invasive autopsy, where when all is said and done, somebody else can stand over your lifeless body and say, yep, that's why this person suffered so much in their life because they went through this as a kid. That's why they were unable to do X, Y, Z, or that's why they were dependent on drugs or alcohol, or that's why they couldn't get through a day without crying, or that's why, you know, fill in the blank because they had this trauma in their lives that they never dealt with. Wouldn't it be so much better to be around for that conversation to say, hey, this happened to you. This may be why you're struggling in the present because of something that happened to you in the past. And hey, if we just biopsy this, if we just take a look at it under a microscope, get it figured out, we can give you a treatment plan. And before you know it, while the scars might still stay, the pain from the scars are going to be less. You're not going to have as many effects from the trauma that you've gone through. You'll be able to walk without a limp for the first time. That's what we have to look forward to when we're willing to acknowledge our past and the pain of our past. So I think it's important. And I just wanted to give you that encouragement because I know we get so much pushback. This is one of the biggest things that I've noticed survivors of sexual abuse getting pushback on. And that is the accusation that we're dwelling on the past and this idea that if we can just push forward and be positive enough, then everything is going to be fine. And all this pain will go away. Almost as though we're creating the pain for ourselves by talking about it or remembering it or acknowledging that it was there. But honestly, the opposite is true. What we're doing is allowing ourselves to be able to heal. And you can't heal if you're not willing to treat the problem. If you're not willing to undergo that stupid biopsy that you don't want to go through, you can't heal then. And then you're stuck in this forever state of limbo trying to say the right things so that people think you're being super positive, all the while trying to tamp down these trauma responses that you can't get a handle on. And it's because nobody ever gets a handle on anything that they're not willing to acknowledge. No one ever gets a handle on anything that they're trying to bury down deep in the past. And, you know, trauma has a mind of its own. It pops up when you don't want it. You know, it's kind of like trying to play whack-a-mole with yourself. Like, you know, you get you get one trauma effect down with that hammer and another one pops right up to the point where you can't you can't deal with it all. It takes too much of your energy. It takes way more of your energy to try and stay in denial about your trauma than it does to just dig it up, dissect it, and deal with it. So I want to encourage you to do that. Well, that's what I've got for you today on the podcast. Hey, don't forget that you can join us on the Survivor Sanctuary Facebook group. Just search Survivor Sanctuary Podcast and request to join. And you can let me know your thoughts on today's episode, or you can chat about anything that you would like. A lot of very supportive, great folks on the Survivor Sanctuary Facebook group. 
And don't forget to become a patron of the podcast on Patreon. You can support the mission of Survivor Sanctuary and get some great freebies at the same time. Visit patreon.com forward slash Survivor Sanctuary and become a patron today. I'll catch you back here on the next episode of Survivor Sanctuary. Thanks for listening to Survivor Sanctuary with me, Kelly Downing. If you found value in today's podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. Not only will it put a big smile on my face, more importantly, your reviews will help make it easier for other survivors and survivor advocates to find this podcast. Also, make sure you subscribe to Survivor Sanctuary wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. You can also join the conversation in our Survivor Sanctuary Facebook group. And for exclusive content, be sure to visit SurvivorSanctuary.com. Join me next time for another episode of Survivor Sanctuary. See you then.